everyone, and welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. I have a really quick story. I'm going to make this really short, but today, I went to Ross with my girlfriend, which is a retail store. She oh, yeah. had to get a white shirt, and as we were checking out, right, on the shelf was a copy of Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. For five for five dollars. Oh so, wow! I always wanted the amiibo cards that came with that game. I was like, I want Goldie and Rosie in my town, so I'll buy it for those amiibo cards. I bought it. I walked out. We opened it in the car, and let's just say, I wanted to keep my cursing to muttering like Isabel's morning announcements. The cards were not in there. Oof. Oh no! <laughs> so there's a, a reason it was five bucks then. <laughs> Sounds like five oh, it was, was a sealed much, copy. Then. I don't. I don't know why the cards weren't in it. And it says wow. on the back of the box it's in, um, included in it. So one of these one of these Ross employees uh, knew <laughs> the value of what they had and, and slipped them out. Uh, the, the other voice you heard was, of course, indie games editor Campbell Gill. I don't have any incredible stories today. The most exciting thing I did is I made some barbecue pizza and then played some <laughs> Boy in His Blob. So that's my excitement for today. You know, also, I think I got the I got sorry, a better a deal than Mark. Evening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Truly, <laughs> yeah, you, you got, got the got best some... gaming deal. Yeah, I got the worst one. I literally yeah, Andy, bought a paperweight. Pe- Andy got pizza out of it too. Uh, so, listen, guys, if you're listening to this episode right now, it is the one-year anniversary since Mark and Campbell and myself started hosting an Express. So, on behalf, I know, yeah, cheer, yeah, I think that warrants some. Yeah, I'll clap. <laughs> listen, I'll clap too. Party uh, poppers going off in the background. That's right. Yeah, they get the con- the confetti ball mm-hmm. from, from the Super Final Smash Fantasy uh, victory theme in the background. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, so, congrats, guys! It's been a year. I'm I'm very 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 pleased with the work we've done. It feels it feels awesome. Of course. Uh, so, cheer, mm-hmm. cheers to you, cheers to you both, and uh, thank you, guys, listeners out there, for for sticking with us as we as we've uh, kind of found our way to to how we how we run the show, um, and in keeping with the spirit of of anniversary uh mark pointed out right before we started recording that last fall uh i guess must have been november 12th something like that november somewhere in the second week of november Mm -hmm. uh i spoke about the game and watch mario edition uh the the uh, 35th anniversary game and watch that was released for super mario brothers and this this time, this year, <laughs> I'll be talking about the 35th anniversary of the Legend of Zelda Game & Watch that was also just released, which I'm holding in my hand right now. And uh, similarly to the Mario Game & Watch, the Zelda Game & Watch is a fantastic piece of machinery. I would call it even better than the Mario Game & Watch for a number of reasons, which, uh, which I will get to. Uh, three games, well, four games, really, on this device. You've got Legend of Zelda 1, you've got Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, Link's Awakening, and also a Game & Watch game called Vermin, uh, which has a little bit of a Zelda... Uh, has a Zelda themed to it as well. You can play as Link instead of just a little Game & Watch character. I would say, honestly, I think I prefer this device to the Mario Game & Watch. I love Mario, love me Super Mario Brothers, the original... And, of course, being able to play the Lost Levels on a handheld device is very, very cool. But for me, I, I you know, being able to play Link's Awakening is so freaking cool. E- even though the screen is 
barely two inches wide. It's uh, it makes me feel like I'm playing a Game Boy Micro, which I never had, but it just it's it's, it's just extremely cool. Um, it still holds up, you know. I, I blitzed through like three dungeons just the other night. Feels amazing. Uh, you can even change the screen size, which is kind of cool. Oh, you damn. Can, you can, yeah, yeah, uh, because there's a, there's a rather than the uh, the the what do you call it the uh, the proportions for the Game Boy version. Of oh, the aspect Awakening. ratio. The yeah. aspect ratio. That's the word I'm looking for. Aspect ratio. Um, so you can adjust it uh, whether you want the screen stretched out or in the original aspect ratio of the of the Game Boy, which is just kind of kind of a fun feature. And I what I wasn't expecting that in in this particular uh, thing. Uh, so it's great, and uh, I've been really enjoying it. It's it's uh, if you like Link's Awakening, if you like the original Legend of Zelda, if you like Zelda Two, then like you should definitely get this. And there's there's some fun features that this this device has that the other one doesn't have. Uh, there's even a fun little Triforce on the back of the Game and Watch that lights up while you're playing it. What? Which the Mario? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really, really? cool. Yeah, oh, wow. the That's the awesome. Mario. Here, I'm going to drop a picture in the chat right now. The Mario <laughs> Game & Watch does not have that. So you're just going to leave our listeners out of the conversation here? Just, like, imagine what the background of, <laughs> of, yeah, of this listen, device looks like? As soon as I figure out how to transmit pictures through podcasts, I will do that. Hey, next year, main, you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah, maybe perhaps next year. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. I've, I, I just like it a lot. And if you have any sort of... Zelda nostalgia, or you just want a fun way to play like the original Zelda without having to cart your Switch around or something. Uh, this is a great way to do it. Oh, that's uh, incredible! Um, wow, it's cool, right? You saw, you saw the picture? Yeah, it's it's pretty Holy neat. Cow. I like that it's lit up green. You know, I was imagining yeah. like yellow or light or something like that, but no, this is it's so it's neat. lit up. It's lit up green. It's one of those things where you don't really notice it until you turn it on, because um, the the design is very faint. But then once you turn it on, it lights up from the background. It's like, oh, it's actually green. Pretty so question, cool. Cameron. Yes, yes, yes. What do you think of the, uh, I don't want to say the paint job of the system, but some people, you know, the gold can get like distracting. What do you think about the system's overall look? Oh, I think it looks great. I love it. I don't find the gold distracting at all. Um, I've been, I, I've played it a couple different places. I, I, I stuck it in my pocket and took it with me to play while I waited for a movie the other night. Uh, you know, sat back on the couch, just jamming on it, and and truthfully, I I think the design is fantastic. I, it doesn't strike me as distracting, even even a little bit. I think that's uh, I don't know. I have, I have no no complaints about the 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 design aesthetic of this device. And then I know we talked about this when it was revealed, but um, any cool contents inside the box? Like I know they put like the Zelda symbol in there. Yes, or something. I I'd have to. Oh, I don't have the box in front of me. Um, the, it comes with a cool display stand. Like a little a little cardboard stand that you can fold out and display it, like which is really unexpected and cool. I don't think the Mario one had this. No, it didn't. Uh, That's why yeah. when we uh, when the system was revealed, I was like, it's weird that they're showing a cardboard box next to it in a box. Yeah, but the design but the design of, the design of the box is 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 extremely cool. Here, you know what? Tell you what, let's Mark, you can edit this, uh, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna run and get it right now because in the other room. So give me give me <laughs> ten seconds. I'm just gonna run and get it. With the waiting uh, Zelda theme. I was gonna say, <laughs> just throw in the Great Fairy Fountain theme or something. <laughs> just, what if I kept this in and he doesn't know? Oh yeah. And then he'll find out once he listens back to this. 
Which, let's just say a, just get to relax to the fairy fountain theme. Yeah, let's just say a bunch of awful things about Cameron while he's away. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm back. Um, well, because because I was like, wait a second, what what is on this thing? Um, so yeah, look at the box right now. Very beautiful box. This has the classic kind of game and watch design. And then if you flip it on the back, it tells you the Zelda games that are on it. Um, what else have we got in here? Yeah, that is like a standard instruction manual. Gives you a little user guide of like, you know, here's the games on here. Here's how you play them. Um, but yeah, I'd say the coolest thing really is the the display stand, um, which you can kind of punch out and uh, and and fold up this box to display the game and watch, which is really really cool and a, 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 a nice feature um, because these devices, you know, they're primarily for nostalgia's sake. Like, <laughs> like I, I've been playing it, but I feel like once I, you know, once I beat. Link's Awakening, I'm probably not going to use this as my primary Zelda-playing device. So yeah, it's like, I think I'm going to want to display it. So I think that's a, that's a smart feature that they that they added uh, to this thing, to the to, just to make it more of a collector's item, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's weird, because it was in all the marketing, but they never actually like just talked about what the heck it was. It was yeah, just random uh... pictures of a black box. So. Exactly. No, yeah, but if you if you take the game watch out of the box, it gives you little instructions for like, here is how you how you fold up this thing. And then you can display your your device, which is cool. It's like it's neat. I, I like when Nintendo like that's always kind of been like a, a, a very Nintendo thing is to like it's even fun to to do something like that. It, it's not obviously it's not on the level of a Labo, <laughs> but uh, but it is fun to mm-hmm. you know to break down this box a little bit and, and and use it as a display device as well. So I don't know. It's uh, it's it's great. I really like it. Um, Again, no no shade to the Mario 35th anniversary game and watch, but I think this one is far superior just because the content on it is better. Lake's Awakening it absolutely rules, um, and it's so just fun to, to play it. Yeah, it's fun to play it on a on a handheld again. Have you have you have you guys played the original Lake's Awakening, the Game Boy version? I've not played the original, only the remake. Oh. Yeah, I haven't played either. I mean, I know oh, the remake is basically the same as the original in terms of the content and stuff, just with reworked controls and such. Exactly, but. yeah. It's it's really fun playing the original. Um, again, especially after having just watched uh, my wife play through the remake, it's fun being like, oh yeah, I'm, I remember this room, I remember these characters or whatever. It's like, it's really cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send another picture right now of the, of the, this, of the box folded up with the game and watch in it just again just to just to alienate alienate our listeners even further it's gonna say tell them to use the power <laughs> of their imaginations they must use the power of imagination uh as if this is a and d campaign um so yeah uh it's great i love it and you guys should play link's awakening if you again if you gentlemen like zelda games which i know you do um you should no you should actually i lied i hate zelda Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Campbell, I knew there was something. It's all fishy just about been you. a performance. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Speaking yeah. Speaking of Zelda, Zelda, if we're going to stick to the conversation, my Ocarina of Time update. I oh, yes, yes. Put more time into it. Um, I can't remember what I'm up to because I've been busy with other embargo stuff, but I really like Ocarina of Time. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, Even nice, st- uh, still, I'll game. say the same thing as last week. The controls are still a pain on this Switch Online. But yeah. otherwise else, I really enjoy it, and I see why uh, a lot of people praise this one. Yeah. Have you finished Have you finished the Young Link section yet? Um, No, I have not. Oh, great. Okay, great. So you're still, you're still Young Link. Yeah, I'm still yeah, I'm still in the early stages got it, of, got it, got of it, got uh, it, got the it. game. Yeah. The best awesome. stuff is yet to come, then. Best stuff is yet to come, man. Yeah. The second half of the game is so good. Ah. Oh. 
I mean, so much, A Link so to the Past to is still better, but I mean, well, Ocarina of well, Time is great. Well, as honestly, well. <laughs> listen, that, that leads that leads to an interesting conversation. It really does come down to whether or not you prefer 2D to 3D Zelda. It's it's kind of like Metroid Prime versus 2D Metroid. You know, it's they're like they're different mm-hmm. they're different animals. Yeah, and um, I mean, or, or 3D 3D Mario versus 2D Mario. Like mm-hmm. the way Nintendo has made distinctions between their 3D and their 2D stuff is incredible. Um, and and some people prefer the 3D Zelda, some people prefer the 2D ones. It's I I think I land, I don't know. I think I land more in the 2D camp, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I've I've mm-hmm. played a lot of 3D Zelda, and I've loved every single one of them. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm I, somewhere in the middle. I mean, it's not as if there's a single bad 3D Zelda game. You know, they're all even the worst of them is fantastic, and which one counts as the worst of them is also a question up to debate because they're all so good, you know? Mm. Um, I think it's especially difficult to compare Ocarina of Time and A Link to the Past because even though, like I just said, I prefer A Link to the Past, they are incredibly similar games when you get down to the core level design, you know? Ocarina of Time is basically A Link to the Past just in 3D. The dungeon design is the same. A lot of the enemy designs and character designs are carried over. This general approach to exploration, everything is largely the same. I think that A Link to the Past probably holds up a little better today because, especially with indie games today, you know, kind of normalizing pixel art so much, you know, that kind of visual style and 2D uh, design approach is just so much more, I suppose, accessible today than these early experimental kind of 3D attempts are. You know, Ocarina of Time is great, but as Mark just referenced, you know, the controls don't always hold up, the general design doesn't always hold up, and it doesn't help when the N64 online doesn't have the best control scheme to begin with, you know? So I think it's all a matter of what audiences expect. Mm -hmm. When you have the best Zelda game, Breath of the Wild, which absolutely squashes everything that came before it sure sure Mm. another question up to debate i think but that goes to a broader question about what a zelda game should be you know Uh, (laughs) (laughs) breath of the wild is a great game but is it a great zelda game in the vein of ocarina of time you know i i'm not entirely sure about that it depends how you it depends how you frame it if you frame Mm -hmm. it like that then no because it is not a zelda game in the same vein as ocarina of time it's like deliberately not that you know what Mm -hmm. i mean it is more, in fact, as I'm sure we've talked about in the past, a Zelda game in line with the original Legend of Zelda. Exactly. Uh, at least, yeah. at least in terms That's of spirit. True. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know how much time you guys have spent with uh, with the original Legend of Zelda, but it's very much a game about like just just exploring and, and poking at corners until you find out what to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a little more linear than than Breath of the Wild, which just really does have a lot of freedom of exploration, but. The idea of it was, it would be a mode created Legend of Zelda, was very much, I want to evoke the feeling of just exploring, you know, caves and, and the outdoors as a kid. And uh, that, you know, Legend of Zelda was, was his attempt at evoking that feeling. And so Breath of the Wild is sort of a callback to that, of like, I just want players to be able to, to go anywhere and, and create their own stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, I think we can all agree that he was successful. Or they, they the yeah. team, you know, Aonuma and, and all those guys were, were successful at making, you know, that game. And so he created something that kept us all indoors. 
Truly, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, and the main difference, I think, between Breath of the Wild and the original Zelda is the fact that I can actually play and enjoy Breath of the Wild on its own without constantly referring back to a guide or being like, what the heck does this, mm-hmm. you know, cryptic random dude in a cave, what's he trying to tell me? What? Why does this thing hate smoke? I don't get it, you know? Right, um, right, right. So right, it's right. very, very cryptic and held back by its time. I've tried many times before to get into the original Zelda, but it's just too inaccessible, I think, today with how you know cryptic and mysterious a lot of it is if you take the time you know it is brilliant especially for the era it was released in you know it was revolutionary but i'm right there with you cameron that breath of the wild does just really capture that spirit and then make it more uh, easy to appreciate and actually experience for today's players for sure yeah yeah it's it's tough to go i mean and the i think it's it's worth saying the, the reason we're talking about zelda so much is uh you know, the Game & Watch was to celebrate Zelda's 35th anniversary. And, so, and obviously, it's, it's been a, a big year for Zelda. Like, you got Ocarina of Time coming to Switch with Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack. We had the Skyward Sword mm-hmm. uh, re-release, uh, remake, rather. Re- remake slash re-release on, on the Switch over the summer. So it's like, obviously, there's a lot of Zelda stuff to talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I guess... I don't know. I guess what it... Oh boy, I lost I lost the thread of what we were talking about, Campbell. Maybe you can get maybe you can maybe you can get me back. Talking but, uh, about a... Zelda anniversaries and stuff, comparing NES to Breath of the Wild, um, right? All that. Kind oh of yeah. Stuff. Well, yeah. I basically just the, the the point the point of what you're saying of uh, it is difficult to to go back to the original Zelda and enjoy it in the spirit that it was intended, just because it's you know it, it is it's an old game. It's a 35 year old game, and it's. Not every game has aged as gracefully. I, like to me, the the one thing I think that the game, the Mario game and watch has over this one is that the original Super Mario Brothers, like I can play that anytime, anywhere, and to have an amazing time. A little harder to do that with uh, with the Legend of Zelda, the first one. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to like be in a certain mood. You got to kind of like whereas Super Mario Brothers, you can play a couple stages and feel like you you got something out of it. Legend of Zelda, it's a little a little harder to like feel like you've accomplished something unless you're unless you're going step by step through a guide to be like, all right, I beat mm-hmm. this dungeon, I beat that dungeon, I found this item. It's a little harder to like sit down with that game for a few minutes and be like, all right. Like, unlike Breath of the Wild, where you can kind of dip your toe into that for a couple minutes at a time and still feel like you're getting something. The original Legend of Zelda is, I think is a little harder to do that with um on a handheld console, I think. Mm-hmm. you've really got to just get into the mindset and think like the game wants you to think you know which is especially difficult yeah. coming today where you're used to even breath of the wild as open-ended as it is still holds your hand just enough at the beginning to let you know how the ui works how these different mechanics play out how each of these abilities work you know you don't have any of that in the original zelda and you don't have any sort of like indications about which wall do you have to bomb you know which place do you have to shoot your arrow Right, you know, exactly. you have to learn all that kind of by doing your own research in a way. It's not a bad thing inherently. It's just very different from what I think most people today are used to. Right. But uh, Mark, I do appreciate the little ocarina update. I, I hope you'll I hope you'll keep us posted if if you continue. No, to, I'm gonna, to play I will game. get to the end. I will awesome. tell you that. I don't know yeah. when. I'm hoping soon I'll be able to really sink my teeth into it. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's it's, a couple it's good so far. I'm enjoying a couple. It. A couple dungeons um, toward the end, I would say maybe 
Let's see here. The Shadow Temple is amazing. Spirit Temple, really incredible. The I last hear two that dungeons. the Water Temple is dreadful. Water Temple is a pain, yeah. but honestly, dude, just bust out a guide because there is a way to soft lock yourself if you're not careful. Oh, um, nice. That's mm-hmm. good to know. <laughs> yeah, just uh, that's that's the Me thing. Me in that, my one save state. That's what I'm saying. That's that's the thing that people uh, get so upset about with the Water Temple. At, le- at least if I recall, I think that was always the thing about it is that. Uh, there, there's a way to soft lock yourself, which you know that stinks. Um, but I would just, you know, if you get to that temple, just just bust out a guide and just and just crank through it because it's, you know, you don't you don't want to you don't want to lose the momentum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, as I'm as I'm comparing my two game and watches side by side, there is actually one interesting feature of the Zelda game and watch that the Mario one does not have, and it's an extra button. Um, oh. Yeah, which is kind of funny. The the hmm. Mario game and watch has you know A B. Uh, control pad. It has the the pause button, the the time button, and the game button, which lets you choose which game you're playing. The uh, Legend of Zelda game and watch has A, B, control pad, the same three buttons, game, time, pause, and set. But then it also has a start and select button, uh, which I imagine was for Link's Awakening, uh, because Probably. you have to be pre- you got to be pressing start and select a lot in uh, in that <laughs> game in particular to pull up the, to pull up the map and to pull up your inventory. So there's that's kind of an interesting design feature. Never never realized that until I put them side by side. Kind of fun. And you know what else is kind of fun as well? Please. The fact that this week Skyward Sword turns 10 years old as well, keeping with oh. the anniversary theme of Zelda, you know. We had the HD remaster come out earlier this year, but on the 18th it turns 10 years old, which is absolutely stunning for me to realize it makes me feel like the old one on the show for once just are you turning to dust yet i am i really am <laughs> i remember it like it was yesterday i got it for a christmas present I spent all day playing that game and i've mentioned it before on the show that game really did change my life you know it was the first game that showed me the narrative possibilities of what a game could be how the combination of music and visuals and game design could create an overall narrative and emotional experience as unlike anything else. You know, I credit that game, its story of romance and adventure with making me want to be a writer today. So it's a really crazy thing to realize that it's been that long, how much has changed since then. And, you know, I really understand why the game has such a divisive uh, place in the Zelda pantheon, you know, um, there are a lot of issues with it, but that's exactly why I'm so happy that Nintendo did come out with that remaster earlier this year. That didn't fix everything wrong with the game. You know, the middle section's still a bit of a slog. There's still a lot of backtracking, but the controls the, have been... The dousing. The dousing, yeah. Well, you see, if you've played it five times, it's not a problem at all. So people just <laughs> need to be pro Skyward Sword players like me. That's true, yes. Yeah, I was, every Fair. time Fee came out and talked about it, I was like, get out of my face. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> Um, and really that's the best part about this remaster as well you can just tell fee to shut up and she will and it lets you enjoy the game as it is and it shows that there really was a lot of solid level design a lot of solid approaches underneath all that baggage you know so it's definitely worth celebrating that game for this anniversary it is if you enjoy breath of the wild it's a far cry from that but it has a lot of features that came out into that game and that have affected the Zelda series direction since then. It's a, a wonderful time, and I'm amazed to see it turn turn 10, and I'm looking forward to seeing how its legacy develops, especially with this HD version being so much yeah, more positive. I, I, uh, I haven't 
beaten it yet. I, I played it a lot mm-hmm. when it when it came out over the summer. I, I played, I cracked through it a few dungeons, just kind of like within that week or two that that it first came out. But then I I just haven't touched it since then. It's been this has been a really busy, you know, busy couple of months. Exactly. <laughs> it's, hard, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to believe that it's like wow. It's it's been like four months or three months already since that game came out, and I still haven't beaten it yet. I know. So it I, feels I, I do like want to go back to it. It does feel like yesterday. I still haven't I, I do touched go, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to go back to it. I picked it up. Bruh. I want, <laughs> bruh. Bruh. Yeah, I, I want to get back to it because, I, again, I've been enjoying what I played, and I, I think it does... I don't, it's worthy of discussion for sure, especially in, in a year with with so many re-releases. Mm-hmm. You know, we had... Uh, earlier this year, we had the the Mario 3... What's it called? Mario... What the hell? The one with Bowser's uh, Fear. Oh, 3D, 3D, 3D World, World plus, plus Bowser's Fury. Bowser's Fury, thank you. I can never remember the name of it. Like, that came out earlier this year. So it's like, there's lots of stuff to replay, and I think it's, I think there's a, it says a lot about, you know, legacy and, and history to, to go back to some of these old games and, mm-hmm. and, see, and see what we get out of them, you know? And I mean, it's definitely understandable that the game has been kind of lost in the shuffle uh, since it came out, the, the HD version, because, you know, it's just a, a remaster, a, a slight tweak of a Wii game. And since then, we've had Metroid Dread, we've had Wario Party, we've had so many different, uh, or Wario, War- I should Wario, say, Wario, Wario Party. Party. Oh my God. Yeah. That shows how engaged I am with that game. Um, <laughs> I would I would play Wario Party. Honestly, let's, let's I think make, that's a great that spinoff. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but look, we're not talking about Wario Party or MarioWare or anything like that. We're talking about Skyward Sword, you know? <laughs> That's all that matters at this time. Um, it's understandable for it to get lost in the shuffle with so many new, cool new games coming out in the meantime. But it's definitely worth celebrating, worth remembering. And it's really, really wonderful to see that the game has actually outsold the original Wii version at this point. Um, so more players than ever are getting to experience it. And uh, Wait, is that real? Yeah, yeah. No, in the wow. latest financial results, like it sold... 3.6 million on the Wii and it's sold like 3.9 on Switch so far. Oh my god. And that's in less than a year, like in a few months. In so a couple months. I had no idea. Yeah, it's not only the power of the Switch, but the power of just removing just enough of those little annoying features to get more people interested in it. Incredible. Wow, a good I, release that's, that's, time. Yeah, exactly. that's true. It, 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 if imagine if that game had come out in October, like nobody would have bought it, you know? Right, but middle of July, you know, it's no, a no. Really no I just meant how, uh, you know, Skyward Sword came out at the end of the Wii's, you know, the Wii's life. So right, and it's think a good about time it, for it, it to return. Yeah, especially considering the audience for the Wii definitely wasn't super engaged in these big single-player adventure games, you know, especially not in 2011. You know, meanwhile, the Switch, the player base is only getting more and more engaged and buying more and more games than ever. Um, so it's really the perfect match for a new generation of players to be introduced to it for sure incredible uh yeah that's that's uh, that's always been the strength of of these kinds of kind of anniversary celebration re-releases is is uh you know trying to get that that next generation those younger players into these older games so i think that's i don't know i think we can all agree it's just it's just a good thing that it's out there and uh you know more readily available for for everybody so yeah it's i don't know I feel like this this year's celebration of Zelda could have been a little more exciting, but that said, it's been pretty good, I think. And uh, you know, as the next couple of months go on, we will get more Zelda stuff down the line. We're gonna get Majora's Mask on the uh, Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, which will be cool. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll get some kind of a Wind Waker re-release on Switch. I can't imagine that's far off. 
Probably not this year. Yeah, I'm going to say definitely not this year. But, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later. So I, I think it's it's been a kind of a perhaps a muted celebration of Zelda's 35th anniversary, but the stuff we've gotten has been really cool. So I, I think that's I think that's overall overall a win um, in my in my book. So uh, I think uh, I think we'll probably table table that discussion on on Zelda for now. Once I beat Skyward Sword and once Mark beats Ocarina of Time, we can we can circle back to talk about uh, you mm-hmm. know Girahim and uh, Ganondorf and you know their their legacies as the most interesting uh, flamboyant Zelda villains of all time and you know that'll be a, a subject of a different podcast. Uh, when I think about Ganondorf, I think about flamboyance one hundred percent. Have you seen his little cape? Come on, forget it. He's very <laughs> man. Yeah, the way he flamboyantly on. plays the organ, man. <laughs> are you? You've seen the way he flips, turns around in that chair, and flips his cape over his shoulder. Are you kidding me? Come on, flamboyant. Is this, is this uh, something in Ocarina of Time? It is you, something in Ocarina of Time, yes. Mark. You've got to play all the way to the end just to see this glorious Damn. moment. Yeah. Appreciate his played, flamboyance. Ganondorf played the organ so that Girahim could like waggle his tongue. I think we can all agree. That's the worst uh, sentence you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh, we'll take a quick break. We're gonna come back and talk about some more video games, which is a thing that we love to do. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. back so speaking of uh game old games that have been re-released on switch <laughs> which is you know always a running theme of this of this uh, at express uh mark's been playing the knights of the old republic port it's like an hd port right yeah we'll we'll talk about it we'll talk okay fair <laughs> enough but so, so mark's been playing a little a little knights of the old republic hot on the heels of the game's inevitable remake which will be happening on on the most current gen consoles this game is the original xbox title basically just ported to switch uh, so mark why don't you walk us through a little bit about this game yes yeah, so star wars knights of the old republic was made by bioware and i think 2003 and it's the first of the uh, knights of the old republic series a lot of people just call it kotor for short or coder whichever yeah. one you prefer but uh, what Kosor is about, it takes place um, almost like 5,000 years before Star Wars The Phantom Menace. And it is literally about the Republic before the modern, or 
not really modern, but the Republic that was seen in, you know, George Lucas's Star Wars um, saga. Mm -hmm. So the game, I don't want to talk too much about it because it really has an incredible story and it's really hard to talk about its characters without spoiling anything. So we'll just say this, you wake up with not really amnesia, but you don't exactly know what's going on, your protagonist. But all you know is that you're part of the rebels and you're basically the Sith has attacked and the Sith is basically like thousands of just Sith Lords and Sith soldiers and your ship is crashing and you go down on the planet and you have to find this Jedi named Bastila and that's where the game starts. And I know that's super vague, but that's all I'll say for people interested because this is probably the best Star Wars story like outside the main Star Wars media. It's really, really fascinating what they do with everything. And it really shows as like, it's basically a precursor to everything they did later on with Clone Wars and even some of the other games like Republic Commando, just expanding the lore of Star Wars itself. This is probably the biggest expansion to the lore before the prequel, before, not before the prequels, before the sequels came out. Nice. I... I don't. Yeah, I don't know enough about the lore of this game. I I've heard the same thing um, that you just mentioned, Mark. That it is one of the best, uh, one of the most well-told Star Wars stories around. So I, I'm looking forward to. It. I, I I guess my question is for you, having never played this game, I never had an Xbox, uh, mm-hmm. so I never like. And I know this game is. I think it's out on Steam at this point. Yeah, it's, it's been... on Steam, and they kind of butchered it on iOS. I don't want to say they butchered yeah. it because it wasn't unplayable, but it, there were certain changes to that uh, version of it that weren't that um, accommodating, we'll say, at the right. least. So I, I guess my question is, like, obviously the, the remake for coming out on, on PS5 and, and all that, mm-hmm. is is that, that's not going to be out for a, a, probably a long time. It's, it's, it's in probably development. Not. They, they yeah. showed a little teaser of it a couple months ago, but it's mm-hmm. like, I think we can all... It's probably not going to come out anytime soon. Probably. Do you think it's worth trying to to pick up the Switch version to, to play through this game uh, before that remake comes out if you're like a Star Wars fan? Honestly, are you withholding, are you withholding I, judgment for now? I have to withhold judgment. And I say sure. this because we don't know how the remake will be. Is yeah. it going to be faithful? Is it going to be good? Because a lot of the voice act, you know, they're redoing all the voice acting and they're fixing up some of the dialogue they said. So will it, um, I don't know if it'll hold up. I have no idea how that um, remake will look. It looks really promising based off the first teaser. Graphically, it looks absolutely phenomenal. And the voice acting in the first trailer all sounds good. But uh, yeah, I, I can't really comment on that. But what I will say is that if you're interested in Star Wars lore and you've always wanted to get into the Old Republic, this is probably the best way to do so if you can't like buy the game and max it out on Steam and you know like download mods to upgrade it to right. like, your modern standard if you want to call it like this. They updated it to widescreen. It makes all the environments look a lot bigger and the scale of the game is just like proportionately just astronomically higher. It feels like the graphics. It's all updated to HD. It's your standard Aspire Star Wars port. Right, which we it's a great we, we game. Should be There's clear. nothing we, else we, to really say. Yeah, we've played a lot of Aspire Star Wars ports over the last year or two. <laughs> this is uh, the in, third in a good one way, we're like, talking about. Yeah, the third one we're talking about on the show. Um, uh, we really love what, what's that one? I can't remember the name of this game. Not Republic, Republic Commando. Commandos. Oh, it is Republic Commandos. Yeah. Um, yeah. So loved that one. Um, I know that you played uh, episode, Stubbs the Zombie. 
You did that Stubbs one. Stubbs Zombie I played. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Aspire Pod port. Racer. Yeah, they did Episode 1 Racer. So, like, Aspire's cranking out these ports. And for the most part, they're, like, pretty faithful ports. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they're usually just widescreen HD, like, exactly. masters. There's yeah. really nothing else to say about them. Sometimes they update the controls. Sometimes they'll fix up some of the text. But there's really, like, nothing to it that's been change it's a very faithful experience and it's probably the best way to play like i said it's the best way to play knights of the old republic outside of if you're gonna just take over what the community has done to it on pc right Which, and uh, yes yeah. this game is worth playing today it is absolutely worth playing it's a star wars rpg if you're not good at rpgs it's very easy to get into and i say that because we all know i'm not that much into rpgs but this one is definitely, it's, the gameplay is accommodating. The story is really interesting. You get to make your own choices. It has multiple endings. There's, you know, all these subplots and side characters that you can meet. And there's just like a lot to sink into of Star Wars lore. So uh, the score is incredible. I should mention that. The original voice oh, sure. acting, it all holds up. You have great voice actors here. You have um, John Segans plays one of the characters. You have a lot of the people who went on to do the Star Wars 2003, um, you know, the Clone Wars animated show, and people oh, who went on to even do the Clone Wars show later on in 2008. So there's just like the whole production of it. It's Bioware. It's Bioware at their best. It's really high in production. You can't go wrong with it. Gameplay's great. Music's great. Visuals, obviously, it's that era of the early Xbox. It's not going to be a masterpiece, but right. it holds up and it looks like Star Wars. A lot of the ideas for modern Star Wars you could see came from some of Bioware's ideas. Yeah. I've never, truthfully, I've never played. The Bioware style has never, like, you know, hooked me. I never, never played Mass Effect, never mm-hmm. got into, uh, what is it, Baldur's Gate? Is that Bioware? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Never, Dragon never Age. got into those those old computer RPGs. Um, what's the other big one? Dragon Age was never, never. I like I own. I think it's Origins, Dragon Age Origins, but I just never, never got into those games. Uh, the the Western RPG thing has never really been for me. It's never really hooked me, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of I guess The Witcher Three, but. I just love Star Wars so much, and I I feel like it's I feel like I do have to play Get this, this. <laughs> game. <laughs> I, I guess it's, so. I don't know. I I want to tell people it's such a hard debate because it's like on one hand it's phenomenal, it's a great game, but on the other it's like a remake's coming out. So do I wait or do I play this? This is only fifteen dollars. It'll probably be on sale by Black Friday. Aspire usually puts their sales on pretty often, so. I just don't have a definitive answer of whether if you want here's here's the best way I'll put it. If you want Knights of the Old Republic portable, this is for you. You absolutely <laughs> should buy this. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a that's a great point, Mark. If you're if you want to wait for that remake <laughs> and see how it turns out, yeah. Wait it out. Just don't look right. up any spoilers. Try and keep Knights of the Old Republic completely out of your feed. Trust me, you want to go into this story knowing nothing. If Got it. you need a guide for the game, be cautious of like reading ahead at decisions and stuff. Because right. trust me, you just do not want to be spoiled by the story. And if you hate Star Wars and if you like RPGs and if you like Bioware, I absolutely recommend it too. It's just yeah. a well-written game and it's very good. But what I, if, Mark, do... what if you hate RPG? I'm sorry, what if you... 
Actually, never mind. I lost my question. <laughs> it sounds. I, listen, if Campbell, if I know you, it sounds like you were about to make a snarky comment. So that's exactly what I was going to tell do, me so. if I'm wrong. <laughs> if you hate Star Wars, you might actually like this game. If that's really? this game, going. thank you. Yes. Is there? Hold on. I'm I'm looking right now for Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic on Switch. Is it digital only? Isn't yes, but it's getting a. It is. It's getting a, a, a uh, limited run games. They're doing a re-release for it. Interesting. I've never bought anything from limited run. Have me neither. You guys. Nope. It makes me hold on. Okay, now I'm doing a little. I'm doing a little. <laughs> a little homework right now because. If pre-orders I, go up in uh, six weeks, I saw a tweet. I kind of want to buy this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Six so weeks. All right. I'll just set an alarm for myself. You're waiting for the physical out of all three of us, Cameron. <laughs> hey, listen. Okay. All right. Everybody relax. Uh, I just might. But although, isn't the thing about them is that they always come like a year later? <laughs> with no, seriously. I, with uh, I don't know. Games. Uh, so, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes the pre-orders are super like early. <laughs> I'm very intrigued because the digital copy is only 15 bucks, which is pretty cheap. Yeah, and it'll, like I said, it'll probably be on sale. I imagine yeah. that this will be on sale in literally like a month or two. Fair enough. I'll put it on my wish list, and then once it goes on sale, I will report back. Because um, yeah, but it has I, my I, uh... approval. The game, it's it's good. If you like Star Wars, you absolutely should see the story for yourself. If you like Bioware games. You'll enjoy it. It's Bioware. That's yeah. really all I have to say about this game. I really can't say anything else without spoiling it. Without any more spoilers. Yeah, well, I, yeah. It, here's what I'll say. is, uh, Provided that I do pick this up anytime soon, maybe we can have a little more in-depth discussion. Maybe maybe closer to the... Uh, to the remake or if they announce anything mm -hmm. else about the remake maybe i can maybe we can have a discussion about that mm -hmm. um but it's on the wish list for now um and hopefully it'll go on sale soon and i'll buy it <laughs> maybe it'll be a little christmas present for myself um yeah i mean it's 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 exactly what you said it's uh if you like if you like this game if you have nostalgia for this old xbox title and you want a portable version of it this is the game for you if you are interested in this game, but you aren't sure if, if you'd rather play like a completely reimagined version of it, then maybe hold out for the new one. So yeah, I guess I guess that's all we could say about Knights of the Old Republic at this time. Unless Campbell, you have any more questions for Mark? I think you've answered pretty much everything that I could have asked as uh, knowing almost nothing about this game. I guess actually you've alluded to it being an RPG a few times. I assume it's like your typical Bioware RPG kind of like yes, an action it, style. Okay, yeah, cool. it is. Yeah. For a second, I was almost thinking of it as a turn-based RPG for a second, and no. like, I can't imagine that working out. Although a Star Wars turn-based RPG would, would be, be awesome. pretty cool, yeah, right? Oh they should do that. I would play the hell out of that. Like a like a strategy. Oh my god. Ooh yeah. Ooh turn-based uh, strategy. Wow. Make it like a grand good. strategy one or something too, where it's out in space and you're you know oh, yeah. strategizing. Like a, yeah, like an RTS where you're um, yeah. managing your you know all your different ships and stuff, and well, then maybe just, you go down I mean, to the that's, ground. Yeah, that's just StarCraft at that point. But yes, uh... but with Star Wars though. <laughs> yes. I will say yes. this though, Cameron, since I know you love Star Wars, uh, we need Battlefront two on Switch and Battlefront. Like, Aspire uh, I, I, has yeah. to do them. It it just has I'm to sure happen. Will. It's gonna happen. Like we've we've waited so long for Knights of the Old Republic to come to Switch. So this do last you know... time when we talked about Republic Commando, we said they got to bring Knights of the Old Republic to Switch. This time I'm gonna say they got to bring Battlefront and Battlefront Two to Switch. When did do you? I'm just I'm gonna try to quickly look it up right now. But do you know when those games came out in relation to? 
uh, Knights of the Battlefront Two. Yeah, yeah, like like Battlefront Battlefront Two. Uh, I believe Battlefront Two was two thousand five. Okay, so after Knights of the Old mm-hmm. Republic, so it would yeah. make sense that after after making the port of this game, they might move on to those old Battlefront games. Mm-hmm. Probably, I, I would it's think so, so funny. Unless if like the Battlefront license is under EA or something. Oh sense, sure, you know? it, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know probably how is. Yeah, but they lost yeah, their yeah, Star yeah, Wars yeah. license this year, so. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And I mean, at the same time, that's like the one Star Wars game, Star Wars Battlefront 2, that I actually played a ton of as a kid. So, you know, mm-hmm. just for me alone, it has to come to Switch because that's the, the Aspire port that I want the most at this point. So Do I it for yeah, Campbell. I mean, it's yeah, the one everyone wants. Everybody yeah. wants Battlefront 2. But mostly much. Campbell. Exactly, but mostly me. Think about yeah. the Campbells in the world, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm always, I'm always trying to put, I'm always trying to put Campbell, uh, up, uh, you know, up, up front, up first in my, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's probably a, thanks for the overview, Mark, of Knights of the Old of Republic course. for Switch. And, uh, yeah, I guess if you're interested in this game, you know, get it, get it. <laughs> uh, so we're going to take a, another quick break, come back. Campbell's got an indie spotlight for us. So, so hang tight and uh, we'll be back in a moment. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hit record. Go for it. Um, I did hit record. That's all. Oh wow, on the this record. is all in it. This is all part of it. Keep it in. Uh, and we're back. So Campbell's got an indie game spotlight for us for a game that came out. Uh, in the okay. Speaking of re-releases that are coming onto the Switch, uh, a boy and his blob, which I think was did that come out this summer, Campbell? Um, it came out. On Switch, only like a week ago, um, it came what am out I a bunch of, of other. Oh my god! Can I tell you something embarrassing? Okay, tell me. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Oh no! <laughs> I'm thinking of a. I'm thinking of a completely different video game which came out over the summer, which everybody was like, "Oh wow, how exciting that this game is coming to Switch." Yes, let's review wow. that game several months after it came out. That That's why sense. I was like, "Why do you want to talk about this game?" Like, I, I guess we'll talk about it. I'm but passionate like, it, about this game that I have never played. Yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't seem very relevant, but like, sure, why not? Uh, no, why don't we talk about a boy and his blob, which, if I recall, was a huge deal on the Wii back in the mm-hmm. day. 
Exactly. So it's developed by WayForward. Uh, as I recall correctly, I think it's one of their first major revamps that they did. And since then, they made Contra 4. They've done River City Girls, and they even have, oh, you know. River City Girls is so it good. It's so good. Man, I'm so happy that that game exists. And we have Advance Wars coming out from them as well. So they're really the masters of coming out with these revitalizations of these old games. So Boyness Blob is based off of this old NES game. Um, and the developers just really wanted to reimagine it, make it more accessible for modern audiences, expand it a bit because the NES game was really, really short and they wanted to make it a lot more ambitious. And so the result of that was really one of the most charming little cult classics, I believe, on the Wii. Um, it's this slow-paced, easygoing 2D platformer about, as the title would suggest, a boy and his friendly little blob that just comes plumbing out of space like a comet. Um, and with no word of explanation, this little boy wanders out into the forest, meets this blob, and the two quickly become fast friends and then embark on a glorious adventure to go save the world from this evil menace that's coming from outer space. And as adventurous as that might sound, the game itself is just really sweet, really relaxing. It's not the most challenging or ambitious puzzle platformer ever made, but it's just this really endearing little adventure where you go out with your your little blob companion who's controlled automatically. You can feed the blob jelly beans that can transform it into various shapes or uh, mechanics to allow you to traverse through these levels. So for example, you may be wandering around a forest and you want to get to a tree branch that's a few feet above you and you can't jump to it. You can feed your blob a little jelly bean that turns the blob into a ladder and that ladder will go up to the branch. You can climb up and then turn the blob back into normal and then go on your merry way. And that's really the simplest example of how that mechanic works. But, of course, later in the game, you get various other transformations that you can uh, use for your blob, and they can all interplay into increasingly more complicated uh, combos. So you may have one example where you have to turn your blob into a ball, roll the ball into this little crevice that you can't crawl into, and then while your blob is under there, go above him, drop another jelly bean down below him to transform him into, say, a ladder, and then from his vantage point, that becomes a ladder that gets you to a point that you wouldn't be able to reach otherwise, you know? So it really builds on these mechanics um, to encourage you to engage with your environment and continue exploring as you get more new um more mechanics and more tools in your tool belt, you know, uh, or toolbox, I should say. So it's this really, really simple gameplay loop. It's nothing too challenging. The stakes aren't very high. It's not like there's a live system or even a health bar. You know, you, you do, do die in one hit if you encounter an enemy or an obstacle of any sort, but you respawn like right next to it. So there's no stress involved. It's just, you know, casually going through, trying to figure out how to make your way forward. Uh, determining which transformation you need to use, which parts of the environment you need to interact with, and then going through that. Each level is really, you know, small, concisely designed, and it's just this wonderful little fit that was great on the Wii, but I think it's also excellent on Switch because of this little compact gameplay loop. You can just pick it up, play a level or two, and then you're done. It's a really nice uh, loop of levels, and it's great to just settle down. I've been playing it the past few days before bed, really. Mm, uh, it's a great... Best. Exactly, right? That's really a great value proposition for the Switch. You can play these games in bed. It's relaxing. It's soothing. It's great. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's not the most complicated, not the most ambitious game around, but it really just... 
it excels at what it does. You know, it's a great game for kids, or if you're an adult and you just want a slower pace, it's a lovely little time. And I'm very, very glad that it's been revived for the Switch. Um, I don't believe there's any new content or anything added into it. Of course, the game is now in HD, which makes the the hand-drawn animations and visuals just look stunning. Uh, It was already a beautiful game. It's very, very painterly. The animations are so fluid. Um... But it looks even better now in high definition. And the the loading times are super fast. It's just a really solid package. So if you've enjoyed any of the other many games that WayForward has put out on Switch, you know, maybe if you know them for Shantae or for Mighty Switch Force, uh, give this one a shot because it's one of their lesser known gems. Definitely, definitely worth playing today. Awesome. Yeah, I I remember this game. I never played it uh, when it it was (laughs) out on the Wii. But I remember it being one of the... it It was a... Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. It was just a digital-only release on the Wii eShop, right? No, it did actually have a physical release. It did have a physical release. What? A, what man, I wonder. I can't remember what I'm thinking of then. I just remember this it was the game big... I saw everywhere, but I yeah. knew nobody who had it. Yeah, it's same so here. Odd. Everybody yeah. knew about it, but nobody knew like what it was. You know? Yeah, I yeah. saw articles in Nintendo Power about it. I saw advertisements, but. I never played it, and I never knew anyone who did. It was this weird thing where everyone knew about it, but it wasn't really part of anybody's collections, it seemed. Yeah. Nice to rectify that mistake, I'm sure. Absolutely. Not mistake, but you know what I mean. Everybody is mistaken. If you didn't buy this game in 2009, (laughs) you are wrong. Uh, but it's always nice to to go back to a thing where it's like, I remember I like remember seeing this everywhere, and then it's it's cool to be like, all right, now I've finally, you know educated myself like i like i like that feeling exactly yeah you may critique the switch for having so many old games ported onto it but really i see nothing wrong with it it's so wonderful to get these these older gems that you know if you don't have your wii hooked up maybe you sold it maybe you don't want to go through the trouble of dusting it off hunting down a used copy of this game right it's so much more accessible now and you know it's a perfect for, for the switch again that's awfully cliche you can say it about anything but i think for these relaxing games like this it holds especially especially true i love its art style too it's it just, just so beautiful pleasing. i mean it's really one of the most heartwarming platformers i've played in recent memories in memory just because um in that opening moment when you first encounter the blob you see the blob kind of crawl out of his little crater the boy slowly walks up and then you just hug it's just the sweetest thing seeing the two of them just hug for a little bit they wander off and then like shortly after that the boy just you know as one does after you encounter an extraterrestrial being takes a nap the game fades to black and then when the boy wakes up his pillow transforms back into the blob turns out the blob was just his little little uh, pillow buddy so it's just it's really cute <laughs> and endearing that way and i pursue that kind of vibe continues throughout the whole game nice uh yeah it's that's that's glad. That's good to hear. <laughs> I was I was trying to say I'm glad to hear it, and that's good to hear. And it came out terrible. So <laughs> incredible. I'm glad that you're able. I'm glad that you're able to articulate better than I am. Um, <laughs> but that's really cool, man. It's I don't know. I guess I guess keep us posted on on uh, you know anything else you have to say about this game. Uh, are are you have you have you beaten it already, or are you still kind of working your way through it? No, I'm still working my way through it. I think I'm around yeah. halfway through at this point. Uh, like I nice. said, it's significantly bigger than the original NES game was. I think it takes around ten hours to see this game through to its conclusion. The levels individually are really short, but there's a lot of them. Awesome. 
Yeah, well, I guess I guess let us know, uh, you know, how it all how it all wraps up. Absolutely, um, and you can count on there being a little impressions piece coming up on the site very soon. I was about to ask. Uh, excellent. <laughs> Answering your questions before you can get to them. That's that's the best, man. It's that it's that uh, that mind meld that, that comes mm-hmm. after people have been podcasting together for about a year. Yeah, it's exactly. just bound to happen. Tying things back together. That's what we do. Um, all right, y'all. I think that's that seems like a podcast to me. Um, thank you for for coming with us on this journey this one year anniversary journey and we've got many more coming at you so thank you so much for listening i've been your host cameron dax and you can find some of my writing over on goombastomp.com i recently put on an indie snippet for uh this game wilder myth which i played on steam and really truly adored uh the developers of that game have said they're working on a switch port but it'll be at least uh, a few months or a year before it's out but if you want to get some early impressions on on what I played of it, please check that out. I'm over on Twitter. I'm Action Daxon. And uh, Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at the Markel, and that of course is Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Right now on the website, I got pieces up about Sherlock Holmes Chapter One. It was on PlayStation Five. I could finally talk about it after alluding to that in Knights of the Old Republic last week. But nice. uh, and my Knights of the Old Republic review, of course, is up on the website. But uh, yeah, all good stuff. <laughs> it's all good stuff. I agree. <laughs> it's all good stuff. <laughs> uh, Campbell, what about you? Where can people find you? You can find all of my good stuff over at GoombaStomp.com. Uh, I've got an Whoa, indie game spot. Can we, can, we, can we say that on the podcast? You can find all of Campbell's good stuff over there? I mean, I don't know. Well, you got to see for yourself before you make any judgments. <laughs> I think it's rather <laughs> eh. <laughs> wow. Oh, I quit. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, you can find all of my... Um, articles over at goombastomp.com i've got an indie game spotlight that went up over this weekend as well as an impressions piece of tunche it's a lovely little game um and you can stay tuned for my impressions of a boy and his blob and of course some other lovely indie stuff coming out in the near future and if you want to follow me on social media you can find me as always at campbell s gill uppercase csg on twitter lovely and and express is also around uh we're on twitter at uh, an express nintendo podcast uh, uh i think it's just at an express right <laughs> something like that uh we're of course available at an express nintendo thank you so much i blanked out for a second there <laughs> I, I had a i fell into a void and uh, i'm back now uh of course we're available on all the podcast platforms of your choice spotify apple podcast podbean all that stuff make sure you download subscribe rate review us all that good stuff more impact uh, rather, more engagement helps us have greater impact and reach more <laughs> listeners. So I completely fell apart in the last 30 seconds. Please just impact our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.